The greatest problem in this world is that people are too f***ing scared to be themselves. Scared of what others think. Why? Because society made you fit into a tiny little box. Whoa, welcome back. Here I am, 2021, baby. The year of new beginnings. Good riddance to 2020, I say. I definitely feel like it came at the time. I mean, 2020 is a great, the great awakening, right? Like we all got shown something about ourselves and we had to face a lot of our demons, a lot of our fears, a lot of our insecurities, our beliefs. And we were forced to sit with ourselves and go within. I certainly was. And I think I am speaking for you too. What it all taught us will be very unique and different for each and every one of us, but we did. We did get a glimpse of what's really important and a lot of people letting go of a lot of unnecessary shit and baggage if you chose to. um, If you chose to look at it that way, a lot of us might have not had the tools to figure out what was really necessary or uh, the tools to discover what the meaning was and um, that's okay too. But hopefully I can give you some tools now to help you discover a little bit more of the truth in, in these experiences that you've had. So soul searching, man. Jesus, that's where I went. That's where I went in search of my soul. And I think I've been on in search. I've been searching for my soul for the last couple of years. And that's what I'm on this journey of is helping others discover discover their own truth and authentic selves. And and that is their essence, right? Soul is the state of unconditional love. It is the truth within you that you were born here to, you know, with a soul, with a spirit that comes from this state of unconditional love but there's a experience that we all have and everyone has a different experience that gives us this conditioned behaviors patterns emotions experiences that create these belief systems and fears and emotions right and that's what i wanted to talk about today first of all i wanted to talk about where i went and why i went there in hope of inspiring you to go there too um and how to do that maybe some some tools and tips and I did go on a hell of a journey. I went offline for a month uh, to limit my distractions and also to focus on uh, who I wanted to become and, and, and to go within enough that I'm not distracted to take me away from that. You know, I, I am one of the, like this is what I say to a lot of people who talk about, you know, I'm, I'm naturally an inspire, inspired person, an ambitious person, and, and I do like to, I would do like I would like to achieve some great things in life and everyone's mission is different, right? But this is my profession. Going within and knowing myself even more and helping others do the same is my profession. And so just like a professional athlete will get up in the morning and train or you know watch their diet um a lot more than the average person or the writer will study literature or spend a lot of time writing in a cabin in the woods i don't know i'm just using that example that's their profession that's their craft they're honing their craft this is what i've been doing honing my craft in the last month and spending a lot more dedicating a lot more time and energy into finding more of this this truth within me so i can share it as well so soul searching you know like what is this what is this word soul soul is the state of unconditional love it is the truth that you came that that you carry within you it's like the 
it's the it's the divine personality that you carry that you've carried over many different lives and generations and um it, it shows up very uniquely everyone's everyone's soul is very unique to them but what happens you know in each in each life that we live is that we go into this like state of amnesia that we come into not remembering what we're a part of and who we are and we have these certain experiences that ultimately we've signed up for to learn and grow through which is sometimes ad- adverse situations challenging situations and you would hope that you have that because that's the only way you can really grow if you have the mindset that learns from it okay um and so soul searching is is what everyone is in essence doing in this life you're healing you're you're not actually what i want people to know is that there isn't anything out there right now that isn't meant for you in your in your field that's coming up in your field there isn't anything there that's happening in your field that isn't meant for you because it's helping you discover more of your truth it just starts with one key element you have to understand that learning from this adversity is essential for that growth so what i wanted to talk about is this like this journey that i've been on I want to share, you know, what I've, what I've learned over the last month in the hope of inspiring you guys to take something out of it that inspires you to go in search of more of your truth, more of your soul. I, um, I, 2020 was hectic, man. 2020 was one of those years that for everyone, we had to go within. We were sort of forced with like, we were literally forced just with boundaries and, you know, flights being, borders being closed down and, uh, communities being shut off to large gatherings and groups. So the people and the, and the connections that we were having with our communities were shut down. And so we're like literally being forced in isolation. And that can be very uncomfortable because a lot of people aren't really you, used to sitting with themselves um, without being distracted or having events on or being busy. And that can be really uncomfortable. And let me tell you, I get it. I totally get it. I'm one of those people that's natural. Like I'm, I'm both an extrovert and an introvert, but I, I, I like my own time. So I found that quite peaceful for me in many senses of like, I enjoyed it. I didn't have to go out and commit myself to a lot of things. But in saying that, a lot of stuff surfaced. A lot of stuff surfaced and I had to sit there and face it. And so well, I went on... A pretty big healing journey. And one of the big realizations that I had in 2020 was that I had suppressed a lot of stuff from my childhood. And this is something that's really essential is that not everyone has the same experiences. Like everyone's experiences are different because you came in here with a, a signed contract that said, You'll probably go through, this is what I would like to go through and this is what I would like to learn. This is what I would like my soul to learn. And so you come in here and you do that and you, and you, and you go through these set of experiences and you have your, your free will and, and the, the option of choice. And we can either learn from it or we can ignore it. And although consciously a lot of my experiences growing up as, as in my mid-teens and reflecting back on a lot of the experiences that I had growing up I said to myself you know that happened for a reason sure you know but like 
deep down in my unconscious, I wasn't very, I wasn't acknowledging it and I wasn't truly seeing the light in it. And so now we start to, I was starting to experience, I'll take that back, not we, I, I was starting to experience these patterns of behaviors that were coming up that I wasn't really conscious of before. And these emotions and these fears and these anxieties and these worries were coming up at the end of 2020. And thanks to, you know, COVID, it sort of allowed me to see that because otherwise I wouldn't have been able to see it before because I would have been distracted or I would have been working on something else. You know, so ultimately, I really believe that this isolation, this pandemic has helped us, a lot of us go within and find this stuff. And certainly for me, 1000% for me. And so at the end of 2020, I'm sitting there and I'm facing a lot of my um a lot of these these buried emotions and feelings from my childhood and if you can certainly go back and you can like i can see that in my face in in a lot of my images on social media before i could see it um and i guess there's no real hiding when you you know doing what i'm doing and putting my photos and videos on social media you can see it right and now it's just like night and day difference so i was faced with a lot of my stuff, traumatic stuff that I experienced growing up. A lot of you guys know of my story. Um, I've mentioned it many times on my podcast. I denied it. Like really, I was like, I didn't really deny the essence of it. And when we bury our emotions or feelings towards something, it's, it's not going anywhere. It's like holding a beach ball down in the water for so long. You, it's gonna, you're going to spend a lot of energy holding it down. You're going to waste a lot of your own essence holding it down. And eventually, if you just like let let the let the um, force off a little bit, let the pressure off a little bit, the ball just comes to the surface, and that was what was happening. Uh, so I went on a, I was I actually funny enough was shown or a plant medicine uh, came into my field, so to speak. That I was that scared the shit out of me, and I'm like. Oh, I don't want to do that. And and Danielle, my partner, found it and was like, I think this would be good for you with what you're going through right now. And I was like, dude, that scares the shit out of me. And because I had heard about this plant medicine. And for those of you who haven't heard of plant medicine, this is shamans have been using these and indigenous cultures have been using plant medicines for, oh, geez, thousands of years. If you go back, like you, you heard of the common one now, which is quite popular, uh, ayahuasca, right, which is from Central South America. Um, I haven't done ayahuasca, but I've done other ones. I've done a lot of psilocybin in, in healing ceremonies, and I've also done uh, the buffo toad in a ceremony as well. But there's also, you know, masculine medicines, which is peyote, San Pedro, which is also Central South American. But the one that I've done was, uh, that came into my field was a boga. And a boga is nothing that you want to sort of poke a stick at or take lightly, like, they say that this one is like the grandfather medicine of, of the plant medicine world where it's really masculine and it just like forces you to see what you need to see. And then any, anyone who doesn't really know the essence of what plant medicine does is that it allows us to go into uh, an altered state of consciousness. A lot of times they can be hallucinogenic. Well, most of them are hallucinogenic. Um, actually, I think all of them are. Or, or, no, I won't say all of them, but a lot of the plant medicines are hallucinogenic. And that hallucinogenic, or that those properties allow you to go into this altered state of consciousness where, you know, ayahuasca, you can talk with your guides or you go into sort of like the cosmic realms. But a boga, phew, man, that takes you deep within and 
a lot of it's working in the psyche and you're working with the mind and that can be quite confronting for a lot of people. I like to, I, I am very much grounded and um, I do have a strong mental foundation. So, but although no, like when it came up, I was like, I know how brutal uh, a boga can be for people. And it's something that people only ever do once. You know, you hear of people doing ayahuasca, they're like 30 to 40 times they can do it, up to 100 some people have done it. And and for me, and for a lot of people, a boga is one of those things you only want to do once. And let me tell you, I probably won't do it again. But it was one of the most prominent and powerful experiences I've had on my healing journey. So I want to talk to you a little bit about what I've learned through that. But just so you know, like, I am an advocate for um finding your true authentic self so when i went into this uh when i found this 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 aboga journey i when it came up in my field i was like shit scared and i said nope i'm not doing it and then i slept on it and i thought about it i meditated i actually went into a meditation i said and i just sort of sat with the feeling of should i do this and my intention was is always in any of these ceremonies is not just for experience it's actually to find more of my true authentic self and when we look at true authentic self you know this this it is this soul state and i and instantly my my intuition and, and inner knowing was like you need to do this and so i slept on it woke up the next day i was like yeah need to do it and then i ended up booking in getting on a call and booking in and and ultimately did that but i came out with a lot of lessons and the big reason why I wanted to do it was to integrate this healing or these, these, these emotions that was, or the healing that needed to happen, but also to process these emotions and these behaviors that were coming up, these patterns that were coming up and these beliefs that were, were evident and the fears that were coming up. And that is the essence of healing. When you're coming back into your true authentic self, you're actually releasing in healing the conditioning of those belief systems, of those fears, of the wounded ego, the emotional reactions, the patterns of behavior. We're not necessarily um, reinstating uh, a new belief. We're more so letting go of old beliefs and old conditioned programs and processing fears and going into more of a state of love. Once we decondition ourselves, and, and this is what we're all meant to do, is, is just go through a state of deconditioning. You're not actually finding yourself. That's the funny thing, is you're actually remembering your true nature. That's what I really want to highlight here, is that when we're soul searching, we're not finding ourselves. We're not like opening the cupboard and seeing, oh, here's a new version of me. No, you're remembering the true nature of yourself. Um, and that comes through deconditioning cultural, familial, and societal programs. And this happens generally like from zero to seven years old. Some people say it goes up to 10 years old where we're in like this theta state. Like they call it the, um, what do they call it? It's like the, the, the oh, I can't remember what they call it. Like we're like in a sponge state. So we're absorbing our, you know, what we see our parents do, what we see our, the culture around us do, what we see society do, news, radio, music, pop artists, whatever, we're sort of taking that in. Um, and, and now that we know through, you know, scientific research that we can say, geez, we're actually being heavily programmed at a young age. 
And you can't avoid it. We can't go back and wish and or regret that we had that experience. You just can't. This is your your karmic um, contract. You, you just come in here and you go, that's what happened to me. That's what I learned. That's This is the program that I have. And you can't help the fact that you were born in this country or that country or this economy or that economy. It's just that's what was dealt to me. This is what I'm going through. This is what I'm going to learn. And that's a conscious cho- choice. That's radical responsibility. And I'm a very big advocate for that. And so sort of going into my journey, I knew I was going in with the with a very strong intention to heal these patterns of behaviors, to process them. Once we process them, we move through them, we integrate the lessons, our behaviors change. This is this version of me that's speaking to you now is a more true authentic version that was present in 2020. I almost like cringe at some of the things that I was doing last year. It's like, Jesus, Luca, what the hell? But that was a version of me that was carrying unprocessed experiences. And so when I went into a boga, for those of you, I mean, you can look up a boga, but when I went into a boga, I was shit scared. One, because I knew how brutal it would be on the mind. And like, I had this fear of like, I don't want to go too deep and go too crazy. But that was literally me being conditioned to think, like this, this whole craziness feeling is just another level of conditioning because really what is normal? There are a lot of people that are running the countries or, you know, that are at high levels of, um, what would you call it, popularity that are, would some people would say they're crazy. So crazy is just a different levels of, of perceived normal, really. And so I, I came out realizing that. I was like, Jesus, like, this is insane. <laughs> As I say that, like, like, it's all just levels of normal that people have applied to themselves or applied to other people of, like, determined that's normal, that's not normal, that's normal, that's not normal. But that's just the essence of their own experience. That's just their projection of their own experiences, right? So I'm going into this journey pretty shit scared and I knew it was going to be a long one. Like, this isn't a... This isn't a, like a, a couple-hour journey. It's a 24-hour, very deep, altered state. And I went, through, I went through hell, if I'm completely honest, in the sense of I've revisited a lot of my traumatic past. And, you know, I had guides that came to me and spoke to me crystal clear and in other accents and, like, having these full-blown conversations of... And I was getting these images of my... That was, like, the most perfect genuine images of an ex that would it wasn't necessarily an experience of my past but it would trigger a knowing in me just by looking at this image it would trigger a knowing of the experience that it was connected to and also the feeling that it had and then it was like my guides were coming in saying what did you learn from it what did you get from it and then it would i would have this telepathic communication be like yep that's what i learned that's what i got from it Boom, boom, boom. And we just went through that for hours of all these experiences of just learning from them, processing them in my subconscious. Like it was just like updating it. And uh, then I got out of, I I sort of got out of that and then started going through a lot of like deep, um, I guess it was familial stuff, but seeing all my familial stuff from my mum's side and just like the darkness that was there growing up in my childhood and really having to witness that. And I think I probably cried for about two to three hours straight the next day. It was so relieving. And I remember thinking, I'm like, oh my God, I haven't cried like this in 20 years. Um, and I purged a lot. Just I probably spewed six or seven times, I think, maybe more. 
just letting go a lot of stuff. And and then the next day was quite like, like, you know, this is the thing that I want to share is that one, like in order to, in order to process it, you, you have to revisit it. So if you've got an emotion, in order to process that emotion, you tend to have to just to revisit it. And it's not that you stay stuck in it, but like, for instance, like grief, like how many of us allow ourselves to grieve? For me, crying for two to three hours shows me that I was not, I was suppressing a lot of pain and I hadn't fully grieved the process. And a lot of it was grieving my childhood of like fully just acknowledging that shit that happened. Holy shit, that was hell. And there's no coincidence that the house that I was in, the place that I was in was the same layout of my childhood house. And I remember thinking that in the next hour, I said, holy shit, I'm in this room of my childhood right now. And I looked at, I observed the layout. I'm like, oh my God. So the synchronicities are uncanny, right? And coming out the next day, I like, you know, the, the day, a couple of days after I spent a couple of days integrating it, I was just like, I cannot believe the difference that I feel. Um, and I got a couple of really powerful lessons that came out of this in, in this state, like, uh, you know, the integration phase. And, and, and with a boga, you're, you're integrating for, geez, a couple of, they say like about two months, you're integrating and you're getting new experiences and lessons and learnings. And one of the things that I was shown was like this Mother Earth in this experience, Mother Earth and its role in our life cycles. And it was like quite, it was almost like quite, terrifying if i'm really honest because i remember seeing it's like oh see the ocean here and it was like showing me the ocean said see how you can like have a beautiful swim you can have a beautiful swim in the sunset but i'll also drown you and take you away in a riptide and then it was like see this mountain you can climb it and watch a beautiful sunset but you can but i can also have an earthquake and you can fall off a cliff and see this beautiful field of flowers you could walk through those flowers and sniff them but there will also be a snake in there, a highly venomous snake that will poison, that'll, that'll bite you and kill you. Or there will be a bee that you're highly allergic to that'll sting you and you'll die. Don't forget what I can do to you. And I was like, oh my God. And it was like, what's the point? I remember thinking to myself, I'm like, what's the point of being here if this is just how brutal it can be? And then it took me a while to fully process it. And I thought, and, I, and I'll process this with one of my therapists afterwards, one of my teachers, mentors. And, and we were like fully going into it. I was like, oh my God, I see it now. I see what it was trying to show me. It was, it was, I was realizing I was missing a key element to this, to, to, to the, how life works and our role on, on earth is that we often forget, especially in the spiritual community, we often forget the role of mother nature and the essence and the, and, and, and the necessity of why earth is here now if you're thinking about manifestation nothing can be manifested without mother earth because physical products are particles of mother nature coming together in a particular format and so when we think in these spiritual terms we think of manifestation and everything we're like oh well you see let's just ask the universe to bring us everything but you see the universe connects to Mother Earth to make the particles come together, if you were to think about that in manifestation terms. And then how does the universe communicate with Earth? Well, for us in particular, to manifest our desires, we need to use our mind 
and to have focused attention to communicate with the universe, to put out into the conscious field our intentions or our desires, and then take action on the material plane, inspired action on the material plane to bring that together. And then with enough focused attention, the universe and being in in synchrony, uh, synchronicity with the universe, being synchronized with the universe, in harmony with the universe, and in harmony with Mother Nature, it comes together. But also the role of Mother Nature is and Earth is that it it needs to go through this cycle of life and death in order to process conscious evolution. Think about that. When we think about one thing, if we know, if we know one thing that life has uh, adversity is a part of life, and that learning from those adversities is essential in our growth there's no real other way that you could grow if everything was perfect we would learn nothing so we tend to have these challenges all to some sort of relevant degree of what we're going through and what we need to go through in order to change then we know that we're going to process a conscious lesson in our mind to evolve but life might have death in it well, it does. It not might. It will have definite. It will have challenges in it, and that's its role. And you see, there's three parts to it. It's the earth, it's the mind, and it's the universe. So, for any of you out there right now, who are maybe too much in the heavens, maybe too much in the universe, just come back and be grounded into Mother Earth and realize that this is actually where the materializations takes place. So, observe nature. Spend time in nature. Be grateful and appreciate Mother Nature. Give back to Mother Nature. And you'll probably start to notice this new harmony within you and Mother Earth and there will be this new relationship starting to be formed. Something that is very, like one of the biggest, that was one of the biggest takeaways that I took away. I was like, I need to be in more harmony with Mother Earth and just not overlook her. I'm always looking to the universe and going, oh, the universe did that. But the universe communicates to Mother Earth. Mother Earth is a part of the universe. It's in the universe. It communicates because it's part of this, our, our own karmic evolution here. So another, another lesson I learned is about fear. I had to face a lot of fears in this, um, in this plant medicine journey. The fear of you know, going too deep, losing myself. The fears that I had around facing my childhood again or you know, facing that pain. I had to face it. I had to sit with it. And it was like seeing the fears as long as, and, and with, with um, a boga, if you're going through something that's really, really traumatic and deep, you can just open your eyes and everything comes back to normal. You're not actually, you don't have any visual impairment when your eyes are open. It's just when your eyes are closed. So um, as I was going through this process, you know, before we went into it, it was like, just it, we were told that that if you want to get out of something, you just open your eyes, but it'll keep coming back until you want to revisit it, until you look at it. And I wanted to get the most out of this, and I tend to have this 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 um, attitude. It's like I go all in when I do something, and so I did. I was like, I'm just gonna, I'm just whatever comes up, I'm gonna face it. And so I did, and then I realized it was dissolving as you choose consciously choose to face something that you're scared of. It dissolved, and. Now, from going comparing the two people that went into it to me going into it, me going out of it, I am so much more fearless. I'm not saying that I'm, I've got no fears. That's not the case. But it's like 
I'm not concerned as I was going in with certain fears in my life. It's just like fear is the essence of love because it shoots us from one state to another. We, without fear, we don't know where else we want to go. We wouldn't know what state we would rather prefer. And courage, you know, which is the etymology, the etymology of the word courage actually means heart. And to face fear requires courage. And heart is the essence of love. So if we think about it, they're just this like circle. Fear and love is the essence of each other. They're both supporting each other as the dual nature. But to move from one state to the other requires courage. And that means you have to face your fears. So that was a huge lesson for me. And, and like one of the things that I'm going to be carrying heavily into 2021 and in all my teachings or whatever I share on and in my group program and in my uh, mastermind will be the... Will be, will be a lot on fear and how we face it and how can we sit with it and how can we be in a safe enough space to sit with it, not to just, you know, recklessly face it, but just consciously face it. Um, you know, plant medicines are one of those things that it finds you. I know a lot of people, and I had this conversation recently, a lot of people will go out and try and find plant medicines because they want that, you know, hallucinogenic, cosmic experience, and then we use we we use a lot of, you know, people are smoking DMT in the cities, and you know, not necessarily doing it in a, in a um, intentional way, and doing mushrooms. You know, they go to Bali, or, you know, they used to go to Bali. It's illegal there now. They used to go to Bali and go get a mushroom shake, and and when people haven't faced, when you when you're working with plant medicines, when you're working in any hallucinogenic, you're facing you're facing the demons within. You, you, you are, I mean, not always, but you're, you're, you're sitting in your mind. You're going to work with your mind. And that can be scary for a lot of people who don't have like a strong foundation of mental health. So I highly, 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 highly recommend you always have a strong intention and you do it in a strong setting. And that's with a shaman or someone who is, who's actually focused on you and has your well-being at hand too often i see like people doing that and not doing it in the right setting or with the right set mindset so trust me it'll find you don't go searching for it let it find you and ask your heart is this what i really want you know you can be really you can got to be really honest with yourself am i doing this for the you know the bragging rights or the experience or am i doing this for an intentional um purpose and you'll find great healing if you go in there with a powerful intention to find your authentic self. But it's not the only way. There are many, many other ways to find your true and authentic self. I, I used that. You know, I did come out of uh, a boga saying I'd probably never do plant medicine again because I think it's, um, it can be quite, people still, not everyone, but people can still get addicted to it, but it can be quite, um, for me, at least, it can be quite overwhelming at times. And so, you know, it's nice to have a good break from it for me in between. So it gives my mind a lot of time to integrate and, and strengthen and, and go in it again because it is hard work on the mind. You're, you're literally, you're in a state where you're like working through shit in your mind and you're like having to consciously ground yourself and be like, okay, this is what it is and this is what we're going to work through. Um, but again, if you've got the intention, the intention is everything. If you have an intention to heal, you'll come out with 
being looked after. There is nothing evil or demonic about plant medicines. It's all about the intention. But you can look at other, other ways to find your authentic self. Therapy, working with a psychotherapist, psychologist, uh, energy healing, Reiki, energy medicine, kinesiology. Um, breath work is friggin' insane. I love breath work. That was one of the biggest proponents of my own healing journey and, and finding more of my truth when you're doing you know, intentional um, somatic breath journeys. Um, meditation, I've been doing, I've worked with shamans, doing shamanic journeying. Uh, what else is there? Any even like physical healing too, like acu acupuncture, um, hypnotherapy. I mean, I'm studying hypnotherapy at the moment. That's really profound. Anything that's going into the subconscious, theta healing. Um, emotion, EFT, um, what's the other one? Emotion code, body work. There's so many ways that you can find your authentic self. Any healing modality that allows you to go within, to calm the nervous system and to integrate anything that you might be feeling will allow you to discover more of your authentic self. But it's up to you whether you want to do that or not. And it's not scary. There's just different layers of it, and it's up to you. At the end of the day, you get to choose what you want to do. No one's forcing you. But if you, if you have a desire to be more your authentic self, to you say, oh, I do this, I'm a, I'm a natural people pleaser, or you know, I have the tendency to nitpick at my partner, or I know that I get really reactive when this happens, and I know that I don't like how I treat this person, um, and I know I've got this like addictive nature to this thing, if you have an awareness of something like that, have a t pay attention to, um, and I'll give you some questions in a second, but pay attention to why that might be. Why is that behavior, pattern, emotion in my life? What is it ultimately, what ultimately created it? And is it something that's serving me going forward? You've got to be really honest with yourself here. This is your life. You don't have a very long one because we know how quick time goes. I'm 31 this year and I feel like, like my 20s have just gone so quickly. Today will be, will be yesterday. And we will never be able to experience what, we're, what we just experienced again. Everything will be different. So it's really important that you allow yourself and your well-being and your mental health, and your level of fulfillment. You, you, it's really important for that to come through because you deserve that by going into these patterns, going into these emotions, and healing that. Healing's not forever. It gets easier. But don't hide or bury. No longer do that. Any of your experiences from your past that bring up any suboptimal feelings or emotions you are born in a state of unconditional love it wasn't until someone told you about the boogeyman that you were scared of the dark that's the essence of what we're doing we've got to remember that there is no boogeyman that there is no demons there are no demons that it was just something that was pressed onto you unintentionally maybe intentionally but mostly unintentionally in your childhood and that we have to let go of those things and remember that, oh, wait, I was born in a state of unconditional love. 
And that's what I would like to return to, my soul, my spirit, my true self. So ask yourself that question. Here's a couple of good questions for you. What You can journal by doing this. What are your patterns? What are those patterns of behaviors that come up that no longer serve you or that aren't uh, in your best and highest? What are your dominant emotions that come up and those dominant emotional reactions? What fears are present and consistent? What limiting beliefs may you have that are holding you back from reaching your highest potential? Ask yourself, what truly lights me up? What truly inspires me? Not if it's going to make me money or I'll do it if it makes me money or I'll do it if it gets me you know, votes or likes. What actually lights you up? Write a big list down. And who do you need to become in order to achieve your best and highest path? What qualities do you need to have? What qualities does your true self have from a future state? This is you know, future, future self-work, ideal self-work. What does your future self look like? And so who do you need to be right now in order to become that? They're really powerful self-reflective questions that you can use now in order to find more of this true authentic self, this, this soul state. You just, it's in there, it's just under a heap of mud and crap and all stuff that's being caked on you from your experiences in life. Trust that it's there and it speaks to you a lot of the times when you're in um, a calm, balanced state, it comes up in, in intuition, gut feelings. Uh, I want to give you guys, like, leave you guys with a really big tip. Um, and this comes from my last month, but also, you know, my firm beliefs of my, through my own experiences in helping you find your authentic self. That tip is you need to give yourself, and you deserve this, you need to give yourself time by yourself with no distractions each day. For me, I meditate uh, an hour a day, 30 in the morning, 30 in the night, and more if I need to during the day. Um, and that's with no distractions. And sometimes I'll go for a walk and I won't listen to anything. I won't be on my phone. I'll just walk and observe and process my thoughts. This is time-based reflection, internal reflection. So give yourself enough space where your eyes close down or whether you have no, nothing, you're not reading anything, you're not listening to anything, you're not speaking to anyone, you're by yourself. You can do this by sitting on the beach, going for a walk on the beach, going for a walk in the park, going for a walk around the block. No distractions. Sitting on your meditation cushion, no distractions. And find some stillness. You might have a question. And this is what really works well is you go in there with like an intention before you send it, spend some time in stillness with no distractions. Ask yourself, why do I have this emotion? What is this emotion connected to? What is this why is this fear coming up? What is this pattern of behavior giving me that I no longer need? Ask yourself the question before you go into this stillness and I guarantee you, you will have some sort of insight come out. Whether it's straight away or in a couple of days, you'll get some sort of insight. You probably even have a, a synchronistic moment where it's 
shows up in a YouTube video or it shows up on social media or someone mentions it to you or someone texts you something, it'll come up. But ask the question. It's worth it. Not asking the question has clearly got us to this state now, this state where we are confused or we're feeling quite emotional, sad, anxious, depressed, whatever it is. Ask the questions to know yourself more. Just ask them. There's no harm. At the very least, you have a little bit more knowledge about yourself. When you spend this time in stillness, you realize that actually the knowledge and the answers were always within you. I could not stress that enough. Like, when you spend enough time in stillness, you'll find the answers that you're looking for. Just ask for them. I'm leaving you with that. Ladies and gentlemen, I would love to hear your feedback and what this brought up for you. Um, and please, you know, share this if you've found any inspiration. Share this on social media and tag me in it and send me a DM. Hope you got what you needed. Much love. And I'll see you on the next episode. Peace out.